Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. And welcome to Bink at Night, Jay Binkley. The great Julio Sanchez producing the operation. Good evening, Julio. What's going on, buddy? Man, that is a dose of Vern that I will take every night. Can we bottle that passion up and sell it? He's fired up, right? You know, I've, I've cut out energy drinks, but I need that. Like, I need that in my life. Just a bottle of Vern's passion about the Kansas City Royals. It's uh, it's more healthy than, uh, than an energy drink, right? But you know what? I don't blame him. I'm just looking at the text line. It's it is full of dumbasses. <laughs> like it really is. It's a bit ridiculous right it, now. It I, is. I will 100% agree. Can we just da May- Maryfield? <laughs> you trade him if you're doing anything, and the contract is cheap. He's got more hits than anybody since 2016. He's led the league in hits twice. He's led the league in hits and stolen bases a couple years ago. That's only been done twice since uh, World War II. Ishiro and D. Gordon. And then this, he had a, he's coming off a 10-game hitting streak, too. He finally, you know, started to turn things around. And we didn't get a hit today, but what do you expect me to go three for five every day? This I is mean, why the uh, text line doesn't manage the, uh, the Royals. But it's so up and down, man. It's so up and down. It's crazy. They win the last couple games against the White Sox, and things are going good. I, mean, I like listening to the Ferns postgame show. I like to get the, the temperature of how people are feeling, you know. And they're all excited about it. I love this young team, Melendez and Witt. I like these young stars. Let's see it. And then the day it's, let's just crap on the Royals. You know, get rid of everybody. Well, I get it, man. But I'm, I'm going to say this, because I was going to say this before that game today. And they did have a 4-1 to lead. And I thought it would be better if they won the game for what I'm about to say. It'd make more sense. Uh-oh. They lose the rubber game to the White Sox. It's a five-game series, which you don't see those very often. This is... So it was two and two. Should have been two two series, but they played that fifth game. They lose today. But I'll say this, and I said this this morning with Kling when I was with him, that the White Sox, when I watched them play the Royals, yes, they beat the Royals today. I get that. Carlos Hernandez, you know, they caught up to him today. The Royals had a winning record against the White Sox last year. The White Sox have a better roster than the Royals. The White Sox win more games to the than the Royals. The White Sox will contend for first place in this division, not the Royals. But whenever I watch the Royals and White Sox, I don't see much difference, I'll be honest with you. Royals had a winning record against them last year. They're 4-4 and against them this year, including today's loss. Had they won today, 
They'd been five and three this season against the White Sox. They're, they're that close. They always you, play. You, they you, always play them tough. They do. No, they do. It's something about the White Sox. I don't. know, But they're a better team, no, no doubt. The roster's better at the White Sox. Not not even close. But it's just funny. But the thing about it was, like last night, we had fun watching the Royals. You know why? Melendez goes yard. Bobby Witt Jr. goes yard. And that was fun because that's what we want to see. Like, you want to see the youth. Now, I will say this. You say DFA Santana. Okay. I'll buy that one. Witt, I can get that. I can no, get with that one. I'm not going with that. Vinny Pascatino is, is up at Omaha. He's hitting 256, but he's had eight bombs and 30 ribs. Bring him down. I want to see these young guys. Nick Prado striking out 38% of the time. It's not good, but you know what? MJ Melendez was hitting 167 in AAA. And you know what? If you're going to lose, lose with youth. Because losing with Santana and all that, that doesn't matter. That doesn't help you. That doesn't build anything no one for wants the future. To see that. Like these players, and I know you don't want to hear me say this because it's kind of a defeatist attitude, but this is the way things were. When Hosmer was getting called up and Moose and all those guys, Royals weren't good. They didn't get good until 2013, really, because they went to the final the final series against the White Sox in Chicago before they were officially eliminated um, from postseason contention. And then 14, of course, to go to Game 7 of the World Series, 15, they won it all. But guys, when they came up in 10 and 11, it was like there wasn't expectations. You know, they were brought up here. And if they failed, so be it. But they were learning to win at the major league level. And you know what? It helped them. As much as you don't want to hear it, it helped them. You know why? Because that losing and finding failure and then picking yourself up and finding success is what spurred the Royals to go to two straight World Series, to win a World Series because they got confidence winning at this level. It doesn't matter what you do at AAA. It doesn't matter what you do at AA. None of that stuff matters. The only thing that matters is what you do in Major League Baseball. And, yes, there's a big gap between AAA since the contraction of teams in Major League Baseball, I get it. But just the other night, seeing Brady Singer do what he did, work in that changeup, have those three pitches, that's something good. The ninth shark, that's something good. I like to see when youth does well. And Melendez and Witt popping them out of the yard last night, that's all they did last year. Like when I first started doing this, it was talking to the players in the minor leagues, Julio. Like when I first jumped in the here, it was me talking to Duffy and Moose and all these guys when they were in the minor leagues, down in Northwest Arkansas or whatever, because that's what everybody cared about. It wasn't the team here. It was the team in the minor leagues because those were the guys you wanted to see. And last year, wasn't about this team here. It was all about Witt, Melendez, and Prado bashing home runs and leading uh, AAA in home runs. It was Melendez popping out 41. It was Witt popping out 33. It was, Melinda, it was uh, Prado hitting out 36. They were having fun, and we watched great seeing bombs on Twitter and everything else that was happening up at Omaha. That was exciting. That's what we like to see. And seeing a glimpse of that last night gave me hope for the future a little bit. Like, all right, the use up here, let them go. And I know I don't want to say the word training wheels on right now, but sometimes that's the way organizations are. Yeah, now, yeah. when I always looked at the NFL, there was a couple teams that never saw training wheels, like the Steelers, the Patriots. You're drafted by those teams. You're expected to perform right away. You're expected to be drafted by them. Go out and help them. When I saw guys getting called up to this team in 14 and 15 and 16, there was no training wheels. They That clubhouse was full of champions. That clubhouse was full of guys with World Series rings. 
That team had just gone to the game seven of the World Series in 14. They were expecting themselves to win it in 15. Anybody they brought up here, it was, okay, it's cool you're here, but it's not like go out and fail because if you do, you're going back to Omaha. Yeah, but that's not the Royals' way of thinking. I mean, Dayton Moore said it the other day, right, when when it comes to pitching, that he took the blame for feeling like he brought them up too soon. Yeah, he did. I disagree. He saw that, but the hitters. I disagree. Bring him up. That's what the, the hitting coach. That's why they get rid of Bradshaw. It's the only and they way you get experience. He bring him up. I mean, if they're going to fail, I'd rather him do if it you're, here. If you're going to suck, let's suck with some talent and some youth and, and get a bright spot going on, because, as opposed to seeing these. All this team, you don't see yeah. this team as a playoff team. I mean, the bottom yeah. line is, learn to succeed at this level. And when I see those young guys do things, that excites me about the future of the Royals, what they can be, because we all watched them a lot in AAA. And they finally got up here. Today was terrible. I get it. But again, there's two guys I would bring down right away. And I know there's a gap, and I know you don't want to, but I'd bring Prado up. And I was hesitant about that because all the times he was striking out, which is a bunch, and maybe he needs more seasoning, whatever, because he's striking out against AAA pitching. See what you can do here. Well, and, and, Learn to win at this level. And that that's a benefit to the Royals, right? As far as, we again, we don't want to see those old veterans who are just swinging and missing. Like the Royals will get much more grace if they're bringing that that young talent in, and we are watching them struggle. We're watching them build, and we're watching them succeed slowly but surely. That gives us something to look forward to. Sure, gives us hope as Royals fans, especially for seasons like this. What the last four, five, six seasons? I mean, if if we're gonna suck, let let's watch the talent kind of learn what they can and grow as opposed to just watching old players suck. And Melinda's and, and I don't want to buy a ticket and go see that. I don't want to I don't want to go to a Royals game to watch that. It was a great show for the K9s. Just bark at the park last night. <laughs> so they enjoyed that game. Cuz I really enjoyed it. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Fort Scott and uh talk to Jared. What's up, Jared? What's up, brother Bank? How you doing? How you doing, man? Good, man. Hey. Honestly, man, I'm all on board with the development. Um what we're seeing right now, obviously, is, you know, blank zero out of our vets, and that's fine. It is what it is. Um, just curious, you know, if we start trading off our veterans, um, and, you know, hopefully we keep Salvi because he's our, he's our guy, but um, who else do we got in the bank as far as, as our minor league pitchers that could potentially come up that you guys haven't already brought up? That's all I got, really. All right. All right. Thanks, brother. I mean, there's a couple guys that I could see coming up here at some point. I'm really excited to see what uh, Josh Bolin does. He was the guy they drafted in that 2018 draft class. Was a uh, was a uh, was a guy that uh, he was in that with Singer and Coar and all those guys. He made Team USA last year, but he had he tore his arm. Had had Tommy John, but he's pitching you know well in Arkansas right now, so he's going to be a while until he gets back up to Kansas City. But, you know, as far as some of that, I want to see some of these hitters come up for the Kansas City Royals too. Pitchers would be great. Obviously, that's the currency of baseball. That's who you want to see. That's who you want to see up there. I want to see Asa Lacey get up here eventually for the Kansas City Royals. You know, Mazzucato is going to have his first start in Columbia this weekend. See some of those guys play. But, you know, the future's bright. But the bottom line is, and it, like the text line's hilarious because – like last night, it was complete the opposite. It was complete opposite. Oh, man, I like the direction of this team. And then all of a sudden today, it's the sky's falling. This team sucks. You know this team's not very good. And when they won the last couple nights, it's okay. I mean, I looked at it. I took it with a grain of salt. 
well, at least they're winning with Witt and Melendez, and that, that's fun. Seeing Isbell get a hit in there and seeing the youth do things was fun to me. Now, will they turn into Hosmer and Moose and Perez and all those guys and be able to form a team for the future? I don't know. Only time will tell. I think that eventually Prado, Melendez, and Witt can be some of those guys you really count on going forward. They kind have, of the they core the of your team. To. They have the potential to. The core of your team when you bring them up here. And Pascatino, when he gets up here and stuff. And Prado, I mean, yeah, I know when Prado gets up here, the infield's going to be ridiculous defensively. I mean, you have gold, gold glovers or potential all over the place. You got a bunch of shortstops playing. And when Mondi, before Mondi got hurt, which fortunately gets hurt all the time, they, everybody's a shortstop. Witt Jr.'s shortstop, Mondi's shortstop, Nicky Lopez is shortstop playing second. And then Nick Prado has a better glove than Eric Cosmer. And Eric Cosmer was great. Yeah, but again, if defense is great. It doesn't sell tickets, right? And, and you can have the best defense in the world, but, but if the pitching doesn't match that, you're going to be in trouble, which is, is kind of the spot that they're in right now. We'll, we'll see what happens, but, you know, we'll obviously see. I'm a big fan. We'll of, you make changes when things don't work. You got to make changes when things don't work. They've already done with the hitting coach. Is that enough, though? What can they do for? We'll, see what, that, we'll see what happens in the next series. Right. We'll see what happens in the next series. But I want to see those guys develop. You know, I don't want to see what they do against AAA pitching. I, I don't really care. Nope. Do it here. It's like Jackson Kohar. You know, he'll go up to AAA and dominate. And he struggled in the, in the beginning when they sent him back down here, and then he didn't when he came back. Or no, then he did not. He's not back. He's up there, but he's looked okay last couple of games. But that's the stuff I want to see. But last night was exciting because of the youth. But, man, there's highs and lows. That's But that's baseball in general. No, I, I, I know. Baseball in general. But I think it's that football mentality we have that you got to win every single week. Yeah. I mean, baseball yeah. takes a while. And I don't know if people are paying attention there's a lot of crappy teams in baseball, including this whole division. This whole division's the White Sox got to under 500 in this series against the Royals. Matter of fact, the White Sox are right at 500, and that team spends money. That team's ready to go. That team has an MVP on their team in Jose Abreu. And the Guardians, three games under 500. They flip flop. They're up and down. Then there's the Royals. And then Detroit brings up the rear. Like Detroit's worse than I thought they'd be. Yeah. yeah but there's agreed. a lot of teams struggling this year that I wouldn't expect to be struggling. I didn't expect the Red Sox to have just one more win than the Royals at this point. Yeah, but don't don't you I contribute a lot of that to this might sound dumb, but but the baseball and the lack of offense. Well, I mean, those I, I hate, teams I, I hate that too. I, I, mean, I hate that too. That, that really has affected the game this year, I think. I hate that too. I hate that too. But enough of that. And the game today is the Royals lose to the Chicago White Sox. Coming up next, why sports is great. Something's going on in the sports world, and I can't get enough of it. Inject it in my veins, Julio. Next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Have you ever met a girl that you tried to date, but a year to make love, she wanted you to wait? Let me tell you a story in my situation. I was talking to this girl from the U.S. nation. The way that I met her was on tour at a concert. She had long hair and a short miniskirt. I just got on stage dripping, pouring with sweat. I was walking through the crowd, and guess who I met? I whispered in her ear, come to the picture booth so I can ask you some questions. And we'll go back to Big Night, Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez. And Colin's here tonight uh, with Julio. We'll hear some more from Colin coming up here. Breaking him in. Yeah, be great. Learning from the master. Yeah, I don't know about that, but. Master Jedi producer Julio. Learn something anyways. Roy McElroy, leader at the PGA Championship today. Always uh, 
It was a it was a nice group. Tiger Woods, Jordan Spieth, and uh, Roy McIlroy. I don't know if you watch much of the uh, PGA, but it was fun. Tiger Woods plus four today. So that person who put the twenty thousand dollar bet at Caesars. Uh, not looking good. Not, on, not on looking Tiger good. Woods yeah. Sixty to one. Yeah. Not looking good. But one thing uh, we like, Julio, is we like. Uh, well, I don't know. I'm putting words in your mouth. You stop me if you don't agree. I prefer you not to put anything in my mouth, but you know, <laughs> drama in sports is fun. It is, and like football, just is just keeps giving. It's the gift that keeps giving. And baseball too. I mean, when Mad Bum. No, not remember when you and I did Love Line the other night. I, I, the, that was. That was Mad classic. Bum getting the uh, massage on his hand by mm-hmm. that umpire. Yeah, it was it's very sensual. Very sensual thing. Yeah, it really was. It inspired us to do Love Line, as a matter of fact. But but rivalries in sports, and keep in mind Alabama will play AM again. An assistant finally beat uh, Nick Saban this year because they were like, what, 20, 0 and 25 against him. Yep. He, he's a GOAT, and he's won more national titles than any other coach. He's got seven. And sometimes GOATs can, eh, they can say what they want. You know why? Because they're a GOAT. And you know why? No one's better. Because they can always say, sit down, I've got more rings than you, and shut up. But Nick Saban was in front of some business leaders, right, yesterday, and he had this to say. And you've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. We didn't buy one player. We didn't buy one player. So he kind of throws A&M under there because of getting the number one recruiting class. Because what happens is, obviously, with name, image, and likeness, you could pay you whoever you want. But usually, I mean, the way the rules are set up, the spirit of the rule is, well, the rule is, once the player gets there, then they get whatever money. Because Nick goes on, his players made $3 million last year. But the problem now is these schools enticing players to come because if you come, you're going to get money. When it's supposed to be getting the money once you're there or hopping in the transfer portal because you're going to get the big bucks. Not supposed to do that. So he's in front of business leaders, so he's probably trying to egg them on. Like, hey, we need more money here going on in Alabama. Because the way the rules were, he, he was raking it in because you got invited to go play for Alabama. You did. I hear a bunch of whining. That's but now people can go go get some money. All right, so say what you want about that. But then, but then uh, Jimbo Fisher gets on today. Because he's the head coach, obviously, of Texas A&M. Won a national title. Nick Saban is an assistant at LSU. And calls his own press conference basically to respond to this. Now, both of them got in trouble from the SEC. Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. Petty was just met with drama. I'm here for it. Pettiness was made by more pettiness. So I'll play Jimbo Fisher here. Then you tell me who was more petty, Saban or Jimbo. Here's Jimbo. Last night in Alabama? Uh, yes, I would. First of all, I'll say it's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. And they broke state laws. They're, they're, they're all money. We bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen, and it's ridiculous. But when, when he's not on top, and the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. 
You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids. In now he's getting a little personal. Go ask other coaches been around him, right? That's never a good thing. Yeah. And Texas A&M, because we do things right, we're always going to do things right. But we're, not, we're always going to be here. We're doing a heck of a job. These coaches have done a great job. Our players have done a great job. The whole organization of recruiting people. It's despicable that we got to sit here at this level of ball and, and say these things to defend the people of this organization, the kids, 17-year-old kids. And their families. It's amazing. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't <laughs> want right. to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. It really is. And it's a shame we have to sit up here and have this conversation about things we do. And it's and it personal to us? Yes, it is. It's personal to a and It's personal to our players. It's personal to our coaches and everybody involved. And I know the guy. Know him really well. It's amazing that we're allowed to do those things. It's really despicable. And I, and I hate it for our players who are coming here who did things the right way, have done things the right way, and will continue to do things the right way. I apologize to you that people insult you publicly the way they're doing it. And our fans, I, I apologize to you guys for people saying those things about Texas A&M. I promise you this, there are, no, there are no violations. There are nothing wrong. It's the second time we've had to do this with grown men who don't get their way and want to pout, throw a fit, and act up. Just go ask all the people who work for them. You know exactly what he's about. I always said this. My dad always told me this. When people show you who they are, believe them. He's showing you who he is. Questions? To the left, Olin. Uh, a couple of things, Jimbo. First of all, have you had any contact with Nick since? No. Uh, oh, he's called. You just didn't take the call? Not going to. We're done. And uh, He shows you who he is. <laughs> and then I just wanted to. He's the greatest ever, huh? And then I just wanted to. You got all the advantages? Uh -huh. It's easy. And I just wanted to uh, just put it point blank. So no players in your – you're saying that no players in There's the There's no, no laws of anything we ever promised done, anything that goes against the laws of the state of Texas, and it's insulting to say a 17-year-old and his family broke laws. No. Down front, Brent. You know, y'all have both spoken so highly of each other in the past in terms of what y'all have done in your previous relationship. So how disappointing was it to hear that from him, you know, in terms of – you know, a mentor type. To get discipline. Well. No, I wasn't. Now, listen, you coach with people like Bobby Bowden and learn how to do things. You coach with other people and learn how not to do things. There's a reason people don't go. I so, Woo. Jimbo got a lot more Man. petty than C, but he did. He starts reaching. It's like, it's almost like, well, you know, when you dated this girl, you did this and you did that or whatever. I mean, he was bringing up past stuff like the coaching and you'll see how he is. I didn't learn anything from him. Well, you're an idiot if you didn't because yeah, the true. guy's got I'll seven national that. titles. So you can say whatever the hell you want, Jimbo, but you are a lot more pettier than Nick because you got personal against Nick Saban talking about, we'll see what other coaches say about him and all that. Well, he, let, let's get one thing clear. He did not have to hold this press conference. No. Like he started off the press conference saying, I, I needed to address it. No, you, you really didn't. Well, Nick you, Saban you really didn't. Nick Saban goes on. Uh, S, uh, the, He's not uh, wrong, though. He went on Sirius XM today, right? So instead of throwing shade at, at Jimbo again, like the retaliation after retaliation, he says, my concern is college football in general. I think a lot of us are concerned about it. People want to understand Not what true. happened in college football, why players are transferring and get money to do so. And then he says, I should have never singled anyone out. That was a mistake. I apologize for that. He's walking it back. See, well, that's he, he started it. No, he's walking it back, walking but he was back. also speaking in front of business leaders, almost like, hey, raise more cash. Uh, look, uh, His I, players were paid. He knows that. He even bragged about Bryce Young's money last year. I mean, look, I'm here for it, and I don't think Fisher's wrong. 
I actually think Saban is concerned, right, because he has lost his advantage. Texas A&M, the Texas school system in general, is one of the richest school systems in the country. That levels the playing field, and Saban doesn't like it. That's that's too bad, man. That's too bad. Well, I mean, here, here's too Nick. bad. Nick Nick's record against former assistants is twenty six and two. That's that's kicking everybody's ass. The coach for him. So if you're saying guys didn't win, and Kirby Smart's one of those, and Jimbo's one of the other ones because he finally beat Saban. But yeah. Kirby Smart at Georgia, we all know how good Georgia is in the national title. Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC title game, then lost to him. In the playoffs, so I mean, sounds like sour grapes to me, man. It is what it is. I think Jimbo got a little deeper. Yeah, he took it a little too personal. I think he took <laughs> it way too personal. Could reeled it in a little bit. Coming up next, lead analyst ArrowheadPride.com, Ron Cop. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, six ten Sports Radio. And welcome back to Big and Night, Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez. Joining us now, Ron Kopp, lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com. Ron, what's up, my man? What's up? I love this music getting into it. Uh, shout out whoever picked that out. Julio. That's good music. There we go. Julio. You're welcome, Ron. You're welcome. There you go. He did just for you, man. <laughs> just for me? Oh, wow. Yeah. Special. You're special. Oh, Jay, I appreciate you having me on, man. Hey, no, I appreciate you coming on. All right, so Melvin Ingram's with the Dolphins. Bradbury's with the Eagles. Uh, you guys ran a poll over at arrowheadpride.com. What do you think was the uh, biggest position need going forward for the Chiefs? And it was overwhelming, like over 80% edge rusher. Where would you come out on that? Because that's what I voted for. Yeah, me too. Uh, that's, that's absolutely the case. I mean, you know, we've talked about the cornerback position, the safety position, kind of getting stacked this offseason in terms of a lot of depth, a lot of players that you could throw out there and play. Well, you know, defensive end has, has, you know, guys that you can throw out there, but we just don't know much about them yet. Uh, you know, besides Frank Clark and Mike Dana, you're talking about very unproven commodities besides them. And that's, you know, at a position you like to be deep at, man, that's, that is pretty scary. I mean, you're talking about Joshua Kando, who just, who barely played last year, obviously a season after being a part-time player anyway, his season uh, ended early with an injury. And then Malik Herring is also somebody that they picked up last year as an undrafted free agent. Um, and he was actually injured in the senior bowl in the 2021 draft process, didn't play all of last year. And he's a guy that's kind of flashed at minicamp a little bit, but still someone that has not played any NFL snaps. And then obviously we have George Karloff, the, the rookie first rounder too. So it is just, it is a little, it is kind of crazy that they've gotten to this point. We, you've heard Brett Reach talk about how they wanted to look at the defensive line position in the offseason. They were, he was, looking at the defensive end position in free agency, kind of looking at what they had. He mentioned that. And yet here we are, you know, uh, in, right before OTA starts, and we still don't have any additions besides the first-round pick. It is pretty crazy. And now I, I, do, I do think we'll see maybe a veteran addition by the time training camp starts. I kind of joked on Twitter yesterday, it's probably just going to be Alex Oak before we'll call it a day, which I don't think anyone would be super excited about, but it does. It, I would think they'd make a move by now if they really, you know, if they really wanted to get a, a super impactful person. So, in my opinion, I think now they may just bring in someone that can maybe, you know, eat up some snaps and knows the the playbook because they must trust the, who they have right now if they're this far and they're still as thin at that position. Keep in mind, they always know more information than we do. Like I didn't know exactly. the whole Justin Ross and four teams medically cleared him. Like I didn't know that until Dave Sweeney said it. 
Like that was yeah, that was news to me. I don't know how how you thought about it, but four teams medically cleared him. It's no wonder he fell out of the draft. And you know, but these teams know this stuff. They they see the medicals. They talk to the players. They do the interviews. And I don't know. Ingram's always been his own man. Just like last year when he thought about it, thought about it, ends up signing with the Steelers. He'd already visited the Dolphins what a month ago, and then he finally signs the contract. The Chiefs did a nice move because now they get a draft pick uh, by losing him. But they could have afforded to bring him back. But sometimes what we want is not what the organization wants. Like something's there. Something's not right. Like the fit's not right. Like the money was there. The money was right for them to bring him back, I felt. But they didn't do it. I mean, I know he got one sack last year. The numbers didn't enamor you. It did get good pressure on the quarterback. But like Bradbury, you know what? The quarterback that's going to turn 29 for the Giants. People want to make the trade with the Giants. They became a free agent, but then nobody went out and grabbed him. I'm just thinking the Chiefs wanted to go through the draft as far as cornerbacks concerned. So that's the Bradbury thing to me. But maybe they just didn't want Melvin Ingram. I mean, that's what may what it might come down to. Well, you know, I, I do think it's in, the Melvin Ingram point is interesting because when you look at the the details that come out about his contract, which dropped today, Field Yates had a tweet about it and, and our John Dixon at the site actually posted an article um, detailing it, but when you break it down, he's actually only guaranteed $3.9 million this year because the rest of it is, is incentives that are considered not likely to be earned. When you consider that, you know, the Chiefs put a tender on him that would have guaranteed him $4.4 million to play for the Chiefs. So he actually took less guaranteed money to go play in Miami. And so, you know, that, that tells you, I think, what, what you need to know in terms of and, – and, you know, I think it is funny how in the two years we've kind of had this Melvin Ingram um, news topic – He's never picked the Chiefs, right? He, he signed with no. the Steelers last year, and then we had to trade for him. We had to force his hand to get him in here, and then this offseason he, he doesn't uh, choose, a, choose the Kansas City Chiefs again. So it, it is just interesting that maybe he, he really doesn't value or he values maybe you know the, the location, the Miami part of it, more than, than being more competitive in Kansas City, which you know I'd imagine he's not talking himself into that Miami's going to be more competitive than Kansas City this year. I don't think that's – something that any sane person would think. So, um, yeah, I, it, it is it is pretty wild that, that he chose that, you know, to be a Miami Dolphin over, over a Kansas City Chiefs because I will say, um, you know, I, he was the best edge rusher on, on down the stretch last year. And I know some people kind of, you know, maybe don't believe that. I I truly do believe it, man. He, he If you look at him and Frank Clark's stats back-to-back uh, -back in the playoffs, Frank Clark had no sacks, no quarterback hits, and a 7% pressure rate. In 150 snaps, Melvin Ingram actually played uh, about nine fewer snaps, had two sacks, three quarterback hits, and an 11% pressure rate. So it really was a, a noticeable difference and, and how impactful he was compared to what they have in Frank Clark right now. And so all that said, they are going into a season with, with just not a lot of excitement at the at the position unless he um, – you know, obviously Carl Loftus, you know, we're all excited to see what, what he could become, but – it really is just a, a really kind of a, a position where, you know, it's, it's not anything really to get excited about. And, and that's one position you really want to have some exciting players. because That means they're getting after the quarterback. That means they're, you know, they're beating an offensive tackle on third down. There's not a lot of guys right now that we can see that. And I thought Melvin Ingram would, would be one of those, one of those guys. So I, I am a little, uh, you know, I, I'm surprised that, that he, the Chiefs didn't make a bigger effort to sign him. And it seemed like the guys really liked him, you know, so the locker room fit, you wouldn't think it would have been a problem. The guys really liked him, and I, I felt the defense got that extra edge, the chip on their shoulder when he was with them. But is there anybody else out there? Because the list was bad. The free agent list was bad. And we're sitting here saying Ingram was sixth on the list, and Clowney was like eighth. But Clowney stays out there, 
And there's not been any interest at all from the Chiefs on a guy like Jadavion Clowney. And I get it. You know, he's been he's you know been here and there, and he has been a bit of a disappointment at times. But he did have nine sacks last year on a bad yeah, Cleveland think- Browns team. So that you know, I would take that any time out of the you know, I would take that any time. Yeah, no, honestly, I, I was surprised. I did not realize he had nine sacks last year, and I think that might be contributing to the the fact that the Chiefs may not be in on him. I think he might he might be holding out for for more money than than maybe we all think he, he could get, um, possibly because yeah, nine sacks. I mean, that's close to his career high. He had nine and a half in twenty seventeen with the Texans. So I mean, that's that's about as good of a year as he's had as a as a as, you know in terms of production in the NFL. And yeah, I mean that's the thing, you know. That's, he's 29 years old still. It's not like he's, you know, up in the JPP or JPP age or the Justin Houston age at about 33 years old. Another guy in on free agency in that same range is like Carlos Dunlap, you know, the the longtime Bengal, you know, a big dude that would, you know, that could probably eat up snaps here at, at the edge position. But yeah, Clowney is is probably the most intriguing of them. But I, I do think he might he might be holding out for for a bigger deal than than maybe the Chiefs want to do. Although you know, at the same time. They have cap space. They're you know they're not obviously using it right now. What else are you putting it to- towards? So you know I, I could I could see Clowney being being the move, but you know a guy like Jason Pierre-Paul, he did play with Spagnolo. He has the experience with Spagnolo. You know I mentioned Alex Oka before. Before he is 31 years old. He is out there. He has played in this off this defense for the past three years. I could definitely see him him being away too. But no matter how you slice, no matter where you put it, it's, it's not going to be an exciting signing. But I do think there's probably going to need to be a signing. I can't. I can't imagine they go into training camp with just these the five guys they have uh, that I mentioned already. Pete Sweeney was up here earlier today. We were talking. Carrington and I were sitting there on there talking to him, and we were talking about you know the bets, the team versus the field, and all that situation. And I asked him. I said, "Who would you take in the AFC West? The Chiefs of the field, you know?" And he was more like the field. I'll ask you in the AFC West because I've seen so much you know Chargers love right now and some Broncos love. And there's no Raiders love you. Know, they're the only other team to make the playoffs in the division. Would you take the Chiefs to the field if I was going to ask you that? Yeah, you know, I think right now in the off season, we're all we're all still very, you know, we all saw those moves recently, right? We're all still kind of getting used to all the moves we've seen, and the Chiefs not making as as many moves. So I do think it is it is it is easy to say the field. You know, obviously you got the odds with you on that. You know, three teams against one team. I'm going to go ahead and say the Chiefs though, because. The more I think about it, you know, the more I, I, I really, you know, kind of, um, you know, t- think about the season, kind of preview the season. I feel like by the time we get to week one, man, we're all going to, you know, kind of, ex- you know, we're all going to kind of forget about all that and, and just kind of remember like, oh, yeah, this team has Patrick Mahomes, this team has Andy Reid. And honestly, I really do think something that we're all underrating is just how the revamp of the offense, how it's going to have to look different just because you don't have Tyreek Hill anymore, which no matter what, it's going to look different. I really think that could that could give them an advantage because I do think part of the reason why they they struggled against some defenses last year is because the defense knew what they were doing and you know I, I we all love Andy Reid he's a great coach but you know he can be stubborn about how he runs the offense in terms of you know maybe not adjusting to what the defense is doing kind of saying you know I want to do what I'm doing and I'm going to force the defense to adjust to me well, I think we saw in the Bengals game maybe you know and that's not all on Andy it could you know obviously Mahomes shares some of that that blame but all that to say I do think there could be an element of surprise type of thing here with the offense this year in terms of we don't know what it's going to look like and neither do NFL teams I mean we we really could see an offense that looks a lot more play action heavy you know a lot more runs obviously you know under center stuff because of the offensive line because of how 
they have addressed, you know, the running back position, obviously, with Ronald Jones. That's what he excels at, right? That, that straight-ahead downhill stuff. All that to say, yeah, I, I really think the Chiefs, we can, you know, we're going to get there and realize, oh, yeah, the Chiefs have the best head coach in the division. The Chiefs have the best quarterback in the division. And then also you have a little bit of an element of surprise where this offense could maybe even be more effective than it was last year in a different way. But just because defenses won't necessarily know how to how to plan for them um, right away, at least at the beginning of the season. So it'll it'll be interesting. But yeah, I, I take the Chiefs, man. I they've they've won the division six straight times. I mean, that's all I I, I should honestly say. What do you, what do you think about the uh, Bills love the Chargers love again? It seems like in the national media that nobody wants to pick the Chiefs. You know, I, I don't know if they're too yeah. bored doing it, but it, it's. Not that far out on a limb. I mean, there's a few of them like Lewis Riddick going out, you know, and, and picking the Chiefs. But it's almost like team people are shying away from the team that's been the four AFC title games in a row and hooking onto a team like Buffalo that can't beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I I get the Buffalo love. I mean, you know, they were a great team last year, and you know, I, I do think one thing we're underrating with Buffalo is that they are losing their offensive coordinator, um, Brian Dayball. He's obviously the head coach now with the New York Giants. And I do think that could that could you know mess with Josh Allen a little bit. I think Dable really unlocked Josh Allen's potential. I agree. I mean, you know, I I who knows what you know maybe a new offense for them looks like. You know, I talk about how the Chiefs the Chiefs new offense may help them. Well, it's still Andy Reid in charge, right? You know, that's a new coaching you know a new offensive coaching staff obviously in Buffalo. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I get the Buffalo love though, man. Josh Allen has proven a lot. I mean. He didn't lose any games last year in terms of like the playoffs, right? I mean, they didn't punt in the Patriots game, and then you know he basically won the game for him in Arrowhead, and and Patrick Mahomes just just stole it from him. So I get the I get the love, and hey, you, it, I think everyone kind of is, is ready to see maybe another team at the top of the AFC. So I'm, that's probably what it is. But you you can't. It, it's hard to dispute the Buffalo love, man. They are a really good team, and you know adding Vaughn Miller this, this offseason. I mean that that is a big addition and. You know, they're just, they're just a, a good team, you know, that's going to be competitive. So I, I, I get the Bills love. I get it. I think Dayball might be an issue for him, though. I, you don't know. I mean, yeah. the guy did a great job, and he was kind of the key to what that offense did because their head coach, Sean McDermott, cut his teeth on defense. You know, he, first exactly. his job right before he took over head coach was the defensive coordinator in the NFL. So, I mean, he kind of ran everything, and I think that was kind of a big loss when we look at the different units in this division, the good teams in the AFC, the, the one guy that was lost that made a, diff- made a big difference to his team was Brian Dable. Yeah, exactly. And and, and I really do think, he, you know, he really did, like I said, unlock Josh Allen's potential early in his career. You know, he struggled in his first couple of years, but he, he built that offense to really take advantage of what Josh Allen does well. And, hey, it, it, it's pretty, you know, it, it's not the hardest thing to build an offense for a guy that does what Josh Allen does. I mean, you know, I'm sure the offensive coaching staff is, is excited. You know, the new one is excited to get him going too, but, you know, we, we've seen the ups and downs of Allen's career, so it is fascinating to see, you know, is he just at this plateau at this top where he's always going to be at this elite level now? Because it has been like that the last couple of years. But, you know, Mahomes was never at that. You know, Mahomes never had the uh, the lower level of, you know, where he really struggled early in his career like Allen has. And so, I don't know, it's just interesting to see. Maybe a new coaching staff, maybe Allen just doesn't have that same, you know, greatness. But, you know, I, I really like Allen. I really think he's a really good player, so – it's more just trying to find a way to, to maybe nitpick at a team that looks like to be one of the best teams in the NFL this year. Ron Kopp, lead analyst, arrowheadpride.com. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Ron underscore Kopp, K-O-P-P. Ron, always enjoy the conversation. Can't wait to get the season started. Let's roll, man. 
Yes, sir, Jay. Only, only what, three, four months away? Yeah, we're getting Not there. Man, we got a couple months till training camp. You know, we'll get to June here yes, in a minute. Sir. Be the next. Yes, then sir. we can say it's next month. Like exactly. in a couple of weeks, exactly. when it turns June, we can say training camp's next month. Oh, wow. Now you put it like that, Jay. Yeah, I know. Ooh, I know. It's coming. I know. All right, let's do I it. Know. All right, Ron, we'll talk to you soon, my friend. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Thank you. We come back. I'll react to uh, Ron Coppin. I got a couple interesting texts on that whole uh, Saban Jimbo fight. We'll discuss that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Big at Night. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez, Ron Cobb joined us just a minute ago. I feel like the Buff- Buffalo Bills are getting a lot of love, man. They I are. I get it. I get they it. Are. But Brian Dable's not there. And that does, we'll see if that makes a difference or not. You know? Well, they, they we'll see if it, it makes a difference. Well, I'm saying they're getting all the run. Like, Chiefs are not getting any of the run. I, I'm okay with that. I'm I'm fine with, with flying under the radar. Chip on the shoulder, then? Uh, I guess you could say that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe chip on the shoulder. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. We got a text in about uh, Nick Saban. Now Nick uh, deserved it to get thrown back at him. That meant, he did. That's I, fine. He does. Hundred percent believe that he does. I mean, he did. You know, say because he's like, well, yeah, Jimbo's like, we well, threw him under the butt. Well, he kind of did because he said they bought all their players. But he did say that he should not have singled out he any individuals. I thought Jimbo got more petty though. He, I thought Jimbo got a lot more petty. He did uh, absolutely. He did, and he was obviously he felt some type of way about it. Yeah, but I mean, just to criticize, like I didn't learn anything from him. Didn't do that. I mean, come on, man. Well, he made it. He made it personal. Yeah, he made, he it, made personal. it personal. Yeah, and how many one wants to work for him and all that? Well, whatever he's doing, he's got success. He's got seven national titles, and he did it at two schools. He knows a thing or two about college football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think he does. So, yeah. uh, and he knows a little something about recruiting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, uh, Alabama's a well, well-oiled machine. But Neil is going to drive some guys away. Oh, oh, absolutely. Like who knows if it drove Jay Wright away from Villanova basketball or whatever, but it will drive, it may drive Debo Sweeney to the NFL. It might drive him to there. He's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go up. Pandora's box been open. I've been always waiting, Julio, for the, uh, <laughs> for the uh, 30 for 30 when the IRS comes oh, yeah. knocking. Oh, yeah. Because you know eventually they are. Because oh. these guys are getting a lot of money. Now, are they paying taxes on it? Oh, they're going to have to iron the kinks out. For sure. But I think this definitely levels the playing field. Um, and those traditional powerhouses, I don't think will be so traditional anymore. I'm all for it, man. I'm all for it. Free no. market. I'm here for it. Now, Neil's interesting, though, but they did you know, put the guidelines out there again the other day just to remind people. Uh, the, and that's going to – some of those guidelines are going to change. Like I said, there, there's some kinks that are going to still have to be worked through. But I'm I'm glad they're I I feel like they're going in the right direction. The worst part is like Nigel Pack left yeah. Kansas State ends Which up is Miami. Ridiculous man! How because did he get that? How that, did he get that? Because that that's what, like when you're in a transfer portal and people are paying you to go to your school. This is what this what this what's not you're supposed to be. You're, you're supposed to, you can get the money once you're at some place. Yeah, but you're not supposed to get the money to go to a certain place. Hmm. Technicalities. Uh, just saying. Nah. It's going to be different. Get you your know? money. Get your money, guys. And I'm also curious, too, when guys hit the transfer portal, they get to get the, well, they get the cars back. They're going to turn those cars back in. Probably makes a decision for someone not to transfer. 
Yeah. Unless he thinks he can go get more money somewhere else. Yeah. Or a better car somewhere else. But again, I just wonder if you're holding back for the IRS. You make a million dollars, they're going to want a good chunk of that. They will uh, They will most certainly set a few examples here and there of, of some individuals that are trying to curb the system. They probably they got a will. separate they division set up will. at the IRS just for this. They're going to have to. Yeah, it's going to have to. It's going to have to be more heavily regulated than what it is. I now. bet they're Absolutely. hiring right now for it. I'm not sure that's a job I want. No, who wants that? No, chase down all this money. No, wouldn't want it either. But you know, people do like that job. People do want that job. Yeah, there's number numbers guys out there. <laughs> Neither of us. Seven o'clock hour next. We come back. Uh, some of this uh, stuff people are saying nationally about who's going to win and who's not. Got a few problems with it. We discuss that next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 